Welcome to Beyond the Shoots as presented by Parasite Systems. I'm your host, Doug Simcox, and I hope that you're having a great day, staying safe and enjoying the beautiful winter weather. Today I'm recording in Brevard, New York. BTC is on the road again. We are up here at the Rawhide Ranch at the recording studio. I'm looking out the window to about three quarters inch of snow. Beautiful, beautiful up here for me. First snow of the year. I love first snows and not enough to make anything dangerous. Not enough that anybody's got to do anything more than maybe sweep. But sitting at the table, probably somebody's already swept his driveway, is Mr. Mike Swearingen. He's from Nunday, New York, about 15 minutes away from where we're sitting. He's a four-event cowboy that has qualified for the IFR in all four of his events. Of course, he was a bareback rider, saddle bronc rider, steer wrestler, and a bull rider. So welcome, Mike. Welcome to BTC. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me here. First off, yeah. I'm not in Nunday anymore. Oh, you're I, not? I haven't been there for years. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> No, I'm in Wyoming, New York, and instead of three-quarters of an inch of snow, we got about five or six inches About of five snow. inches of yeah. snow. and okay. I don't do any shoveling or plowing. I just drive through it until I can't, till it drifts up too much. And <laughs> Okay. But, uh, well, yeah. no wonder you haven't been answering my mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the horse can't get up the hill. <laughs> and no longer in Nunday. So Wyoming, New York, yeah. I'll, make, I'll make a change in your bio here. Uh, before we get started, <clears throat> I've got a listener question that came in, came in actually out of Iowa, one of our listeners, and she always sends in great questions. She was listening to a podcast and somebody was talking about buying their PRCA permit, filling their permit, getting their card. What's that? She said, how much does a card cost? And that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, the PRCA has a um, set up with their with their card and their permit system. First off, um, once you turn 18, you're, you're eligible to buy a permit. Mm -hmm. And that permit is, um, it allows you to go pretty much to a lot of local rodeos. You don't really have a chance too often to get entered into the big rodeos. Mm -hmm. But it allows these young guys to kind of get started if they want to. Now, back when I got my permit, they had just opened the PRCA to the work uh, right to work law had mm -hmm. had taken the mm -hmm. PRCA out of uh, restricting cowboys from belonging to more than one association. Yeah. So anyway, when that showed up, I bought my permit, and the the restriction on the permit is you had to, at that time you had to win at least fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. Put on your permit. Now okay. it didn't matter how long you took in that year to put that fifteen hundred on it. Yeah. But once you got to fifteen hundred, you had the option to buy your PRCA card. Didn't have to. You didn't have to. Okay. Because you would still be considered a rookie. So a lot of these guys that are running up and down the road on their permits. Yeah. They might win sixty, seventy thousand dollars, like some of these bareback riders and stuff in going to the NFR. Yeah. They've got a ton of money on their permit. Okay. They wouldn't be able to go to the NFR because it doesn't count. Because it it's doesn't not count. Permit. Okay, it's not but, their card, right? And once you buy your card, yeah. that would be your rookie year. Okay, of buying your card, not okay. the, you had the permit. I see. So I see. once you fill your permit yeah. and then purchase your card, yeah. And at that time, the card was like five hundred when okay. I, when I bought mine. Okay. So uh, I filled the the first 
rodeo I went to, I filled my permit because I worked so many events. Okay. Okay. So I had a good good rodeo, good weekend. It was more I went to more than one PRCA rodeo at that time. But once I filled my permit, yeah, I went ahead and got my card because I wasn't interested in trying to take a rookie run at anything. Right. You know, I'm right. just I'm out trying to make a living. Yeah. And uh so that part of it it didn't affect me. So I went ahead and got my card. And once I got my card, yeah, that allowed me to try to enter a lot of the bigger rodeos okay. like Denver and, and okay. Fort Worth and some okay. of them, Houston and some of them. So um, on the permit, yes, they will take a certain amount, but I mean, a very, very small percentage of permit holders will ever get to enter a big rodeo okay. at that time. Okay. So, yeah. And even though, and I believe this is true for your, for your nephew, call. He's riding under permit still in the mm -hmm. PRCA, mm -hmm. and I don't believe your points count towards final qualifications either. No, no, they don't. Yeah. And once this year is over, once once you got that much on your permit, you can't go back and get another permit. No. You have to buy your car. <laughs> you have to buy so a car. So that, that pushes you into your rookie status okay. after that after that first year. Okay. Yeah. And then, then he's qualifying for all the all the finals. His points come. So if I if when you got your permit, you filled it in a weekend, and you immediately buy your card, does the permit dollars that you've won come onto your card? That I can't hundred percent honestly answer. Yeah. I don't believe it does. I think okay. you start over from really from okay from day one. But okay. I I could very well be wrong with that. It's been a long time, and it never really it never really concerned me. Yeah, you know, because I yeah. wasn't really looking to go to the NFR at that point. Sure. You know? And and were there any rules other than paying your annual dues? to keep your PRCA card. In other words, yep, I bought my card. I'm not going to any PRCA rodeos this year. I don't win any money. Anything the PRC says or just says, yeah, buy another card for next year. Yeah, that's pretty much buy okay. another card. So yeah. no no minimum rodeo requirements or anything no, like that. No, the only thing that they did have, and uh, you had a maximum that you, if you, they had a maximum of rodeos that would count towards the NFR count towards your points yeah would be a, a, a maximum of 100 rodeos so if you were going to wind up going to 125 rodeos yeah then you had to figure out which rodeos you wanted to count but 99 percent of it is just the first 100 rodeos you just and did you have to declare the rodeos or could you look at it at the end and go i got 125 rodeos count these 100 i think you had to declare them really i, I believe it, um, I believe that if you did not want those points to count, you had to tell them that, or you didn't want that rodeo to count for before points. you competed. Yeah, oh, I think when you when you entered, as oh, far wow. as I understand, you okay. know, I mean, I never okay. in the PRCA, I never went to that many. I did in the IRA, IPRA, and but they didn't have a rule like that. So. Okay, and then and then on the rules, we talk about a maximum. I know the circuits at one point introduced a minimum rule that to qualify for the circuit finals correct yeah there was a minimum of there was a percentage in there of how many rodeos were in that circuit there okay. was a percentage deal but there was also a hard fixed number and okay. i believe if i'm not mistaken the first frontier you had to go to 15 rodeos yeah. in the prca in order to even qualify to be eligible to go to the circuit finals yeah and that was that was kind of a number deal that 
that uh, we had to we had to play with. And fifteen in the Northeast is tough. It's tough. And and the thing of it is, is with Cowtown going on, uh, Cowtown had a rodeo every every weekend after what is it uh, Memorial, Memorial Day, Day. Yep, and yep. up through Labor Day. Yeah. So every Saturday that was a PRCA rodeo. So yeah. they had all those all those account and. Uh, then you had some of the road shows. There weren't a lot of them. Bob Barnes come back and did a lot of Gary back and that here. sort of thing you right. had around. Glens so, Falls in the fall. Right, right. But if you were going to make your fifteen, you had to go to Cowtown. You had to go to Cowtown a, a handful of times minimum. You, you bet. know, just just to get your numbers. Money wasn't any. It didn't matter. You, you could bet. be. <laughs> yeah, and a great rodeo, right? Yeah. Cowtown. You bet. But it's how many hours from the house? Yeah, and it. A lot of times it was out of the way. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it wasn't yeah. so many hours. You know, it's only like I could probably get down there in six, seven hours. Okay. You know, it wasn't okay. that bad. Yeah. If you're hauling horses, it would take a little longer because you didn't have very many good roads to go to, yeah. you know, go yeah. down there. Yeah. So going to Cowtown wasn't that big of a deal as yeah. far as getting there, but it was so far out of the way with what I was doing going to going to Muldo multiple uh associations you, you know apra ipra and that and it was usually out of the way but uh i would make sure if i was going to try to go to the finals i would get down there a few times you and, bet. and uh but you know it was uh and then i also know from competing as long as i did before they opened that up um the competition get stagnant i learned this when i was down in florida and okay, when okay. i was down there a lot and you're riding with the same bunch of guys and you're yeah. going to the same same stock same this same that it would actually um get you to the point where you get a little bit lazy and a little bit um oh i don't know it wasn't so much lazy in your riding maybe so much but you complacent just, complacent it's a good <laughs> that's the word and really? uh yeah you know it and you need to go to other places to get against a bunch of good wolves to, you know, those, yeah. Like, yeah. and there ain't, a, there ain't a person that goes up and down the road that knows, uh, doesn't know the fact that you're only as good as your competition. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, every everybody knows that. So if you go to the same thing over yeah. and over and over again, yeah. you're going to. You're just going to ride like the rest of them. You're I back. did that in Florida, and I learned the hard way that, yeah. gun, I got to get out of here. You okay, know? really? Yeah. Okay. So one of my questions, we always talk about the road, and our listeners love the road and the travel stories. Um, I don't know if you heard the Dale Yerrigan one where he left the horses at the gas oh, station. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's the wildest one. Now, I've heard people getting left at yeah. the truck stops. Well, we've done that. <laughs> But but what was amazing about that story? He didn't know what exit. Yeah, they left yeah. him out. So they put the gas back in the truck and drove back until yeah. yeah. they had about that much gas. <laughs> uh, amazing story. But um, so to the concept of getting stagnant or getting complacent, if I, it's easy. All right, here's a question. The road can be tough, mm -hmm. right? The roll road can be grueling. But if I can, if I just stay around here, let's say I can do it and make the finals and everything, but my longest runs an hour to the rodeo. <laughs> yeah. But I can be somewhere all the time compared to 
I'm going to put together a run that might take me six hours to get the first one, four hours further to get the second one, make my big loop. And by the time I'm done, it's 18 hours to get back to the house. Mm -hmm. Which do you choose? I was choosing the tough one. <laughs> I was on the road constantly. I, I, and did know. the road inspire? Did the road bring an energy? Did the road? We're going to talk about about making a living full time yeah. in professional rodeo, Mike. That's how you paid your bills. Mm -hmm. Was there an energy that was created by 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 the big distances and the camaraderie of going down the road? Maybe that's another element. There was, and and. That's the whole thing, you know. We didn't have enough rodeo. When I first really started rodeoing a little yeah, bit, yeah. the closest rodeo around here was six, eight hours away. Really? I mean, outside of Attica okay, and, yeah, you know, and yeah. some of the, some of the yeah. home, hometown ones. But yeah. if I, once I started traveling a little bit and, uh, and going with uh, some of the Loretta Lynn Longhorn rodeos and stuff like that, yeah. you know, they were yeah. at least six to eight hours away. So yeah. in order to get to anything, yeah. you know, we had to travel. So yeah. that was just when I started, that was just kind of the way it was. Yeah. Um, but I can remember some of the times, and I traveled with some of the best. Jack Wiseman was the the handiest man to get around. If you wanted to go to rodeos, you crawled in his truck. Right. He, if they were playing the national anthem somewhere, he was going to be there. Okay. And in the IPRA anyway, but. Um, I can remember talking to Jack. There was a rodeo. We were in. We were in. Um, it wasn't Hartshorn, Oklahoma. We were down in the southern part of Oklahoma, and uh, the, the southeast corner. And there was a rodeo in uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario. Okay. Which is probably about 150, 200 miles north of Duluth, Minnesota. And uh, I asked Jack because I was thinking about entering it. You know, I mean, I was pounding the highway pretty hard. I had a horse, you know, my wife was barrel racing and stuff. So um, I said, Jack, I said, you're going to go to Thunder Bay? He said, no. He says, uh, I, it's too far. You can't make it. And I had already looked at the map. And I said, well, what do you mean? You don't. Uh, he said, you can't make it. He said, yeah. it's not enough time to get up there. Mm -hmm. And now we traveled with. With Jack, there was always eight or nine guys in the truck. So yep. he always had lots of drivers if you, you needed drivers. Wheels never stopped. Turn Wheels it. didn't stop. Stuff for you was going to fill up fuel and, and even eating. You better be grabbing the snack out of the, the really? quick shack there. Yeah. To, Nobody sat down you and don't, ate. You don't sit down and eat a lunch, yep. you know, or, yep. or supper. You know, yep. you grab something and go. Yeah. So I got to looking at the book, and I said, you know what? I think I can do it. Yeah. I said, you know, I, Red Dolphin, same thing. You know, Red had... Red had been, him and Jack were probably started more big trucks going up and down the road because Clarence LeBlanc and, and uh, you know, everybody kind of well, back then had full trucks. So yeah. I asked Red, I says, you know, what do you think about going? Hey, I ain't going up there. That's way too far. You know, you'll never make it. You can't do it. This was from a Saturday, uh, from a, a Friday night to a Saturday night. Okay. Okay. So you had, in theory, to, um, 20 some hours because you're not leaving the rodeo till midnight probably right. friday night right got to be there by probably six o'clock the next day yeah, i think it was a seven seven thirty yeah. performance so you better roll in by six no, the only thing that i <laughs> yeah. looked at that yeah. whole thing yeah. i mean mileage i kind of knew and yeah, yeah. i kind of knew basically how fast how many miles you could go in an hour yeah. you know yeah. and all that yeah. the math part of it the only thing that saved me on that whole deal pretty much yeah. that i figured it was the same time zone okay Okay. Because you have to take an effect 
time zone changes For because sure. you, For you sure. know if you're going from east to west you're gaining an hour and if you're going the other way you're going to lose an hour but you it bet. was in the same time zone yeah so i got to look at it. i said doggone it i'm going to enter it i'm going to and we took off from oklahoma and uh down there and we drove and it was rainy and foggy pulling the trailer nine you know and um i had you couldn't there was no interstates for a long time really? getting up out of Oklahoma. So two lane, two lane, two roads. lane, and in the mountains along the edge through of, the town, stoplights, yeah, all yeah. that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, so we kind of once I got out and got onto the main highways and stuff and started, I said, "We're going to make it. We're, I think we're going to make it." Well, the border crossing up there in Canada, we get up there about I don't know. I'm up there. Oh, I'm guessing probably around. 2 30 3 o'clock in the afternoon there's okay. nobody at the border crossing to check you in now we're hauling horses so when you cross into canada you have to have all your health papers and all that everything and gets inspected everything gets inspected and and you have to have the right paperwork you have to tell them how many saddles you got and all this and that because they don't want you know stuff going back and forth well anyway we get up there nobody's there there's no nobody at the border. Nobody at the border. I could have drove right on through. Yeah, and if you and, had, and if I had, and turned around coming back out, that yeah. would have been a problem. Because they so, wouldn't have had you a record going in. Right. Oh right. My gosh. So oh I my sat gosh. there for forty-five minutes before somebody showed up at the border. Really? Because it was just on a little two-lane road coming yeah. up out of Duluth, you know, and that, that road yeah. that goes on up through there. Yeah. So once we left there, I was nervous because we're now we're so we pounded up there and I we pulled in when the grand entry was getting oh ready to go goodness. in. <laughs> oh my goodness! And and for our listeners, you're in the first event. Yeah, the grand entry. Yeah. You best you best yeah. have already yeah. had your rigging on your horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the girls were all lining up, going there, and I'm laying on the horn, letting the announcer know, and you know we're we're getting up there, but uh, we made it and. Uh, I had a good rodeo. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but, uh, but pretty dumb. But it was close. yeah, yeah. That Man. was that was that was a hard trip. That was. Did you ever in those traveling situations? And I mean, thank goodness, no flat tires, no mechanical exactly, issues. Exactly. You know, no horses that you had to get out and walk. A well, bunch. I did have horses. You still, you still, yeah. you still stop, but no horse issues. Right, right. You know, at that particular time, let's say. Um, did you ever? Dumb question, because I know you had to have. You roll in after your first or possibly second because it's bareback bronc riding typically, saddle, steer wrestling, and then some other events, and then saddle bronc, and then bull riding. Mm-hmm. Did you ever roll into a rodeo and not, not make your first one or two events? Um, I may have had one that I didn't make the bareback riding in. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, because I had so many close calls, it wasn't yeah, funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we uh, yeah. I've had guys, I pull in there, and we pulled up to cape Girardeau, missouri one time yeah coming from down south and i pulled in the grand entry was coming out out and your horses, horses loaded. were loaded and so i had some good friends of my calf roper yeah come out he come yeah. out to the truck i come in blowing yeah. the horn he comes out to the truck and i take my rigging bag you know i bail <laughs> yeah. out yeah i had somebody else kind of half driving so i think i had my chaps on you did you know and I was spurs going to say, you know yeah. i might have yeah. had that done but uh go we, put this on i'll be yeah, up there he, he took the rig and run out there they got the rig and put on and as they were finishing the grand entry yeah you know and kind of going up the the contractor the shoot boss says mike you're first oh are you kidding me no i'm not kidding yeah, yeah, yeah. and 
Uh, Were this, you taped up? Did you have your glove on or any of that? Uh, no, yet? I didn't have my glove on. No, and they no. put my and I had to pull my rigging because I won't let it. Wouldn't let anybody else pull my okay. rigging. I pulled okay. my own yeah. and did it by myself most yeah. of the time. So they had it on, so I had to pull it. Well, I'm pulling it while they're doing the national anthem and all that. Yeah. Well, as soon as that national anthem's open, they're wanting that gate to be cracked. You bet. You bet. Now, the reason I believe that he wanted me to be first, even though that I've hustled and, you know, did everything I could do, I had Bucking Horse of the Year. Okay, and they wanted to feature And, and they wanted to feature him, yep. and they yep. knew Makes that sense. they could throw me off of him. Makes sense. <laughs> because okay. I was in such a panic. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Basically, yeah, that's for what sure. they thought. For sure. Some of them deals made me stronger under I was going to ask. And, I was going to ask. Less time to prepare. Less time yep, to think, right? Yep, yep. and uh, so... I, I wound up winning the bareback riding. Okay. And for that weekend, okay. and it was yeah. uh, it was I think the first performance even. And but anyway, um, I just I just knew then that under that type of pressure. Yeah. And that was fairly early as I was going in in my not real early in my career, but um, when I was really really getting at it, you know, and really trying to win the world. You bet. And uh, so that just proved to me that. Pressure is if I don't let pressure get to me, I can do as good or better than than normal. You okay. Know? Okay. So it was it was a good learning curve. Okay. More of that mental aspect. Yeah. Of and there was there was a about. lot of them. <laughs> Actually, Jim Zinzer held up a rodeo. Me and Sam and Kenny Phillips. There was a whole truckload. I think there were seven of us in the truck. Wow. And they had advertised in the book of the rodeo starting an hour later than what the committee had advertised the rodeo to start. Oh my. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. So, so you thought it was going to start at eight. It starts it, at seven. Well, it was an afternoon deal. Okay. So I, I think okay. it was advertising book at three and they started at two. Okay. So they're starting rodeo. We're half the rodeo. Yeah. I mean, Kenny yeah. Phillips is in the bareback and yeah. saddle bronc yeah. riding. Yeah. You know, Sam was in the bronc riding. I was in the bareback riding, you know, and, and the steer wrestle. Yeah. They don't have a rodeo. <laughs> right. Because we're the rodeo coming in. <laughs> and, uh. Yeah. And you called ahead on your cell phone and told them where oh, you were? yeah, right. We didn't take the time to stop at a pay phone at a truck stop because we didn't have cell phones back then, you know. So they so just kind of held up and they, they just kind of trusted you were I coming? Think, I think they realized that that's what – so the announcer, which I th was Jerry Bellis at okay. the time, he was okay. announcing the rodeo. Jerry knew what was going on. Okay. So he kept – and they kept putting it off, putting off. Well, 45 yeah. minutes they held that thing off saying, you know, we pulled in. Well, I pulled in the gate. And I, uh, that Chris Ledoux song where the guy runs past the gate yeah. guy, you know, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, the photo finish song, that yeah. was us. We you were pulled living in, it. And the guy's trying to stop us from coming in, and I'm laying on the horn, and I, I ain't slowed up one bit. <laughs> and I'm blowing the horn coming because yeah. you come in on the backside of a track. Yeah, okay. Come in around okay. the backside of the okay. track. Well, they see us pulling the gate, and I'm yeah. laying on the horn because yeah. I realized the horses, you know, everybody's lined up for the grand entry and everything. Well, they held it up, and they, then that's what Jim said. We're going to split the difference. Yeah, yeah. We're going to start at 2.30. I see, And not 3 o'clock, and see. they kind of explained to the people, well, once they seen us, and he just fired that thing up. <laughs> Let and, roll. And, the, and the thing about that rodeo is, yeah. is we're starting to get a little bit weak on – on uh, rough stock contestants yeah so jim started doing a two-header yeah but you could do the two-header outside of like not the prca would never do this but they decided to give you your two head the same performance oh they did so wow when we get there yeah 
Wow. Everybody had to get on two head of each event. All right. Not, so, in, the, not in the bulldogging, but on in the rough side. All right. So let me back up here because our listeners and, and myself, I want to catch up here. So you go into a rodeo, and based on the, the number of days of performance of the rodeo, number mm-hmm. of contestants and mm-hmm. all that, the rodeo itself can declare, okay, it's a two-header, meaning you've got to ride two head of livestock. Typically, if it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whatever, typically you're going to ride Friday night. You might get back up Saturday night for your second head. And the rule got passed, what I'm hearing, that said, no, you can ride both those head on Friday night. Correct. So you would go back to back in the bareback riding, let's say, or would they do a section of barebacks go on and then do another section later in the performance or was it I think that's the way Jim did it because did it. because the the way and Sam might remember this um, but I think they bucked a section of bareback horses because me and Kenny were both yeah in both the saddle bronco and the bareback riding so we yeah. had we had four head to ha- we had to get on and then I had to bulldog a steer in between the saddle bronco and bareback riding but um so I think they would buck, buck a bareback horses. Yeah. They'd gank our riggins off. Yeah. We'd put our have our saddles on the on the saddle bronc, get on them, and then they would go through and maybe steer wrestle, and then they come. Which back you had the, to get down to that, right? I had to take all my spurs and everything. So off did it. you did you have to make a choice then on the two header for the steer wrestling that? Oh, each rodeo was different. There might have been enough contestants, so you might not have had to run two head of steers. Right. Okay. But you've had it. Have you had it where they go, yeah, we got to have you Friday and Saturday night uh, in the steer wrestling or an event, and you had to split your rodeo and go, I can't get on my second head because I got another rodeo that's got four events elsewhere. Yeah. No, that never happened. No? Never happened to me because a lot of those rodeos, most of them, 90% of them, 99% of them were one headers one headers yeah right um it just got to the point where uh back in um oh back in the east you know and stuff where they just weren't getting the contestants yeah. weren't traveling because the, yeah st- that was the time the gas prices really started shooting up yeah. Yeah. they uh started just after the restrictions they had all the gas restrictions and all that where you could only buy gas on certain days with your license plate number and all that you know? yeah so shortly after that when they and they just weren't getting the amount of contestants. And I almost think that J Bar J was probably one of the only ones that wound up doing that just and it's just to, to put a rodeo on, you know, yeah. just to make sure he had enough contestants. Yeah. Uh I'm not sure that he would get away with that now, you know, because of the the way things are. But yeah. uh, we did. I mean we wanted to go and we wanted a rodeo and if we had to get on two head of them ranked son of guns that J Bar J had, we yeah. had to go and do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was how you made your living, That's right? That's right. How you went down the road. Um, and talk a little bit about, we're going we're gonna to get into the 90s, and, and, and I know a lot of this kind of runs together, late 80s, early 90s, all that sort of thing. But in that time period, you talk about Jerry Bellis, you talk about building rodeos and that sort of thing. Of course, Longhorn Rodeo, he was the announcer. <clears throat> and talk about the level of competition in those winter building and we're talking about when i say building it's a facility right it's an Mm -hmm. arena Mm -hmm. indoor arena uh talk about the level of competitions um 
Sam and I were talking the other day, and he talked about a lot of cowboys. Clint Corey would come out of Washington mm-hmm. State mm-hmm. to come down and ride the IPRA because of the amount of money that was on the line in these building rodeos. So talk about a typical rodeo. You're rolling in. All the toughs are there. Everybody that could put on a pair of boots would be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and they were. And that that's what uh, you either you either got tough and got a piece of the money, or you didn't come back very many times because number one, the entry fees were were stiff enough, you know. Okay. And, okay. and uh, but the added money was there, so uh you had everybody timed events you know and all the rough stock riders there were there were guys and they were you know it's it the competition is is different but the competition's the same you know i mean yeah, you still yeah. got the same but you back then and it's not an exaggeration right now uh some of these rodeos back here if you got uh 30 bull riders to enter a whole weekend rodeo that's a lot yeah attica for instance you know i don't know how many they had the last time but it wasn't right. well, i don't even think it was that many 20 right. some right back when i was going in the 80s and early 90s they had 80 90 bull riders okay and okay. the same thing with the horse riding you know i mean there's always you know you didn't have to worry about uh having having to have two had too many times you know but right. um you always had enough guys, and them Longhorn rodeos and stuff were, they were tough. I mean, they just they made you either make it or break it, you know. Okay. And, uh, okay. So, yeah, they, uh, it, you know, and it wasn't just because they had money. There was nothing else going on. Right. Right. You know, right, in the dead right. of the winter, them guys out in Oklahoma and Texas, you know, they couldn't do anything. They, they weren't rodeoing out there yet. Mm-hmm. So they'd come back east here, and you know mm-hmm. most of the Loretta Lynn Longhorn Rodeo. Well, they were Loretta Lynn owned the rodeo company, Longhorn Rodeo Company, when I first started. You yep. know, got going, yep. and then she sold it to Bruce Lurkey, and he yep. was he was already the general manager anyway. Yeah, and uh, so wound up becoming Longhorn Rodeo. So he had Longhorn a Longhorn Rodeo. They put him on. You also had then around that era world's toughest mm-hmm. rodeo and that was ipra too mm-hmm. at that point steve yep. gander yep so how many from let's say from january to to through march mm-hmm. how many how many indoor big rodeos could you go to i would say that probably about 20 to 25 that many yeah that many and these yeah. are big and these are yep. all the toughs are coming in yep um and you said 80, 80 bull riders of the 80 bull riders, how many could win? Probably probably about at least a quarter of them were good enough to win first anywhere they went. Okay. You know? Okay. And there was there was probably three quarters of them could win money, you know, be able to place, you know, yeah. on anything that they had. Yeah. So there weren't a lot of deadbeats back there that were going up and down the road. Yeah. So what do you remember about the livestock? Was it a drawing contest when you went to these big rodeos? Um, they tried not to let it be, but it, it was, you know, you'd always have back then there was always every contractor had two or three real shining stars mm-hmm. in their rough stock events that, mm-hmm. that stood out, you know, mm-hmm. and you'd, you'd either want to draw them or you wanted to draw around them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I always got a kick out of these guys. Oh, these, I want to draw the rankest thing that they got. Well, I didn't want to draw something that was going to throw me off. I wanted something that was going to test my air and, and yeah. I could win on, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, 
but yeah, that uh, they it was a little bit of a drawing contest, you know, okay. and okay. Uh, contractors constantly tried to make it better for us yeah, and if they sure. had something that was getting weak they would trade it out now you yeah. know i'm not complaining about it at all but uh, if the toughs drew the toughs they, they were going to take home first place yeah yeah and and talk about uh, <clears throat> the travel in the winter is way different i have to imagine more expensive because you're probably not staying in a truck some of these buildings you're mm -hmm. going into freezing weather mm-hmm um, so hotels and, and everything else that goes with it. And in addition, bigger entry fees, as you said. Mm -hmm. So you got to win. Mm -hmm. You got to win to stay out. Um, I, I got to imagine a good winter run takes the edge off of the beginning of your spring run. Yeah, and it, that is. It, it kind of knocks the rust off. But a lot of times with with me, it was kind of kind of strange it seemed like some of them Longhorn rodeos, not so much with the world's toughest for some reason, but some of them Longhorn rodeos I'd go to back here that would come into Ohio, the closer they'd get to home, the the least I'd win. I, I couldn't win Is that nothing right? at, you know, going to Cleveland or Columbus or Cincinnati and some of them. I just, I just never did good at them. Okay. I just never okay. had a good run at them. Yeah. I, I'd place once in a while, you know, yeah. but... Most of the time, when I come back home in wintertime, I was back working. I had to go to work, okay, pay my bills that okay. way too, okay. until until I could get out and get on the road a little bit more. So, I personally never really counted on them big winter rodeos as far as helping. I, I you know, I mean, I went to them certainly, yeah. and, and yeah. I could place at them here and there. But you know, and I've won a few of them, but yeah. it wasn't anything. And especially I got, I I remember getting so disgusted. I said, "Why can't I do anything in Ohio? You know, yeah. we're only yeah. six to eight hours <laughs> right. away from home, right. and less. You know, right. but uh, yeah, it was just the way it was. You okay, know? okay. So so talking of traveling, you you did some pretty maximum traveling. And, and what I mean by that, you did extreme traveling. You went to Australia for 21 days. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that experience. First off, how did that even get set up? That came through the North American Rodeo Commission, which the North American Rodeo Commission started up. And the idea behind all this was basically kind of a team concept. And what they would do is they would take different associations, regional associations, APRA, SRA, um, mid-states, you know, a lot of these regions all, all across the country. And if they wanted that association, wanted to belong to the NARC or the North American Rodeo Commission, they would buy into that. And then so their champions of those events um, were, a lot of them were chosen basically through NARC to go to Australia as the U.S. team to compete against the Australian team. Is that what it was? So head-to-head, yeah. -head basically. Yep. So would they say, these are my five bareback riders, these are Australia's five bareback riders. Mm -hmm. You take more than five bareback riders, and it may you may get up a night, you may not. Was that? The, I think that we pretty much, I don't remember how many, they took in each event. I, I don't. There okay. was quite a few of us that went over. There was, was there? a plane load of us. I really? didn't know that. Okay. Uh, because we had barrel racers. We had the whole the whole rodeo team. Okay. And uh, but uh, when we went over there, that was a team competition that that 
um, they had X, whatever the amount of cowboys would fit the amount of livestock that was there for okay. that event. Okay. And so um, they had them broke up basically in, in groups. You had group A and group B for the, the rough stock, the okay. bareback horses, let's say. Okay. And uh, the team chose or somehow drew which, which block of animals that their team was going to compete against. And then they would match the contestant up with that animal. Oh, they would. So it wasn't draw. So it's yeah. very similar to what they're doing in teams exactly. now in the PBR. Yep. Okay. Yep. So they, they would try to put their best guy on the best animal. Oh, wow. And uh, wow. And it went down that way. Yeah. And uh, so it was pretty much contestant against contestant, head-to-head, U.S. against Australian, and then uh, whatever whatever pen that they had, they could choose and put put people on okay. that. So, okay. But, so I don't remember... Um, if they, we had a break in between or whether, whether, um, and we must have, because I think they, they would just do so many guys. I don't think if, I think if we took 10, 10 contestants over, they might've split it up in a couple of days because okay. otherwise you'd had too many of them. They probably did that. I don't know. It's been long enough. I don't. Exactly. And just one venue or did you move about a bit and do it in different rodeo arenas? No, nope, we was Sydney, Australia at the, okay. at the, uh, royal easter show okay so they had that was that was a huge deal okay i, I never been new york state fair looks like a little <laughs> punk and roll compared to what okay. that was oh, okay man okay that was huge yeah so 21 days you're in country yeah okay i, I think we were okay you know, we we the when we first got there it was it was almost a probably five or six days before we actually had the competition okay Okay. What we would do when we first got there, they kind of got us all gathered up because the barrel racers didn't take any horses over. Right, the steer right. wrestlers didn't have any, n- none of the timies yeah. had had yeah. their animals with them. Yeah. So what Australia did is they had gone around and they had gathered up some, some of the horses and stuff that uh, we could go try. Mm-hmm. So we went out to a ranch. Oh, you did? There. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, it rained. Oh, Doug, we were going to go practice steer wrestling and see, because we had two or three horses that we could have chosen from that we were mm-hmm. going to take and ride. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, when you're on their home turf, yeah, you don't get the best. Okay. But you try to figure things out, and you yeah. ride the horse and see what we can make of them, you know, see how, how they score and see, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we spent a few days out there on that ranch doing that with the barrel racers. They got their horses tried to get some of the stuff figured out before we actually went to competition sure sure and then how many how many days of rodeo how many days once you started you were in country for about five six days kind of getting i gotta imagine overcoming jet lag to begin with yeah right i think we either 10 or 12 days of competition really? yeah like day to day to day to day yeah oh pretty my. much yeah because oh they had a performance every day Okay. Um, because it's during the Royal Easter Show, they had a lot of different events going on. Oh, and they we did. Were, we were in a rugby field. Really? Yeah. The Rodeo Arena set up in a rugby yeah. field. So, Indoor? No. No. No, outdoors. See, out there, it was um, it was their springtime. Okay. It okay. Was, uh, or was it their fall? In April, I think we went out. Yeah, it would have been their fall. Okay. So they were getting ready to shut down, just like okay. the fairs and stuff around here. Yeah. So, yeah, we were out there in April, so. And you rodeoed on grass? It well, went from dirt to grass. 
or grass the dirt. <laughs> now they had they had some kind of a track around the outside. Oh, I see. The, okay, it was a little bit a little bit of dirt to start with where the bucking shoots were, and then okay. that went on to grass. And you, you went know. on to grass. Yeah, kind of like Pendleton does. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to Pendleton? No, that's that's one of my that's one of my things that I wish I have would have done. Yeah, I I, I, I regret not entering Pendleton. Okay, I never did okay. try to go. Yeah, but. Watching it on TV, and I oh, can't yeah. imagine sitting on the ground, and you got this little fence, and yeah. maybe the bulls come to you, maybe they don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so, was that the first time that you competed on the grass? No, I don't. No, we've had some. We've had some rodeos back here that that. Uh, oh, Andy can't put one on up there in uh, uh, New Hampshire. New that, Hampshire. That mountain. Aditash. Aditash. Aditash was on grass. That was on grass. Yeah, okay. That was on grass. Okay. Um, and okay. I think one or two other ones might have been, but not two. I think when we went to Brooklyn, we went, Andy put a rodeo down in the, in the Bronx and in Brooklyn, and they were on little baseball diamonds. Okay. So okay. we'd been on grass before a been little on bit. Grass so. before. And for the listeners, what's the difference? I mean, how does that change steer wrestling? There's no. When you hit the ground steer wrestling on grass, it, as you can imagine, it's quite a lot slipperier. And you don't have anything to dig your boots or heels into to slow things down yeah. as you would in, yeah. in on dirt, you know. Yeah. And there's some racetrack rodeos that we did, you know, that were done back here. You know, they go to the fairgrounds, they put them on there, and it's like going out on the blacktop. And, you right. know, they're just no right. give anywhere. So it's kind of the same thing, only you got a little bit of slime underneath when you hit that grass and it turns. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little slipperier. But yeah. outside of that, everything else is basically the same as okay. far as as far okay. as the steer wrestling goes. So 10 rodeo days over there, Australia versus the U.S., who won? Australia beat us by a point. And After it, 10 days? Yeah, and it a was, point. And it was my fault. I'll take the blame for what? it. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah. One point. One point. One yeah. point. So how do you take the blame for that? Uh, I, I, I got on a bull that I should have knocked holes out of, and I kind of froze up because I knew it was all on my shoulders to win it, and I choked really yeah. I, I had you nice knew th- it came down after 10 days yeah how many if you do the math that's like what a hundred <laughs> runs or some crazy i mean a yeah. thousand runs of everything yeah some crazy yeah. and it came down to one point yeah well that's pretty exciting for the crowd i got it, it was it was and it was back and forth the whole yeah whole week you know really we there really and it got down to the bull ride in the last bull yeah and and uh I bucked off one that I should have knocked. It was a practice. Yeah, I mean, really, okay. the bull turned back. He was a little young brammer. Yeah. Quicker than lightning. And it was one of my kind of, my style. Yeah. So I was tickled to death to say I would take him, yeah. you know. Yeah. And because uh, our captain kind of, our captain kind of was the one that appointed, you know, okay. who kind of got on okay. what, you know, if okay. you could put your opinion in, you know. But yeah. I hadn't seen the bull before, but yeah. he had said, you know, this bull's going to go out there and he's going to turn back and he's fast, you know, yeah, and quick. Yeah, and I said, yeah. well, that's, you know, that's fine. I, I like them kind, you know. Yeah. And uh, I went out there and I just clamped up. Okay. And, okay. And he threw me off about six and I was just trying to hang on instead of oh, riding. Oh, my. And, oh, and my. It was, and they yeah. wound up beating us by a point. So, so money got won. Did you win money? How, did it go like that or no? Yeah, to some extent. It you did. Know, there was, I think that... Uh, 
I don't remember, you know, we didn't make a fortune over there. Yeah. We just, we had, but they paid your way. They paid our way. You know, it didn't cost us anything. Fed you, put you up, all that sort of oh, thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. my. Well, they, and, and got to see some of the country? Yeah, a little bit. Little we didn't. Bit. We went to, uh, uh, when we left to go to check the, the timed event horses and stuff out, we took a bus. It was about a 45-minute ride on a bus to us to a town and now we're in sydney and we're headed north okay and uh so we're going up through there and then uh we uh, got off the bus and got on a train yeah it was about another hour and a half ride the train to the next train station where we were getting off and then from there the the guy that owned a ranch that we went to and i can't remember the name of the mountains and stuff that was up there he took us out to his ranch and it was another almost two-hour drive by car back up. In, and he didn't call it a ranch. It wasn't big enough for a ranch out there. Yeah. It was, it was um, a, a cattle station is yeah. what they called it. Okay, but, but okay. But still, probably yeah. 30,000 yeah. acres. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but, for sure. Uh, yeah, and we got to spend some time out. And he was a bronc rider. He was okay. a saddle bronc rider. Him okay. and Sam become real good friends. Okay. And he come back here. He actually was back here before we went over there. He come okay. back to try to ride broncs okay. back here and uh, did pretty good. But, okay. um, yeah, so we did get to see a little bit of it. And and with the North America Rodeo Commission putting this together in conjunction with Australia, what, um, for our listeners, when you qualified for the North America a rodeo commission finals here in the u.s there were international players that came in for that too right oh yeah yeah there was there's guys you know canada mexico australia um yeah there were there were a few of them okay there weren't a lot of them you know but yeah. there there were yeah and any more opportunities for those this country versus another country did did uh did they do more of that? Not Mark? too much more. No. Not, um, I don't remember. They may have done one other one yeah. somewhere, but yeah. uh, I think if they did, I passed on it because I was so close to trying winning the world and stuff, and it was at a, at a time that I would have had to miss too many good rodeos. Okay. But, uh, okay. yeah, but that was, that was an experience. That okay. was a lot of fun. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's all we're going to cover right now. We've got some other we got some other gentlemen that are starting to show up for our afternoon recording, Mike. So while I promise the listeners, and it was all on me, I promise the listeners about the 1990s. I choked <laughs> under the pressure. I choked. So we're going to say goodbye for this episode, uh, but we're going to pick up again. We're going to finish this up. Um, finish it up. I don't know. Maybe there's 10 more episodes. In, like, I'm not <laughs> right. real sure, but we will, I promise get to the nineties at some point. Any final words before we say goodbye for the day? No, I, I you know, we just, <laughs> I'm just having fun doing this and, you know, and bring back some of these memories. And, you know, I, like I told you before, you know, mom always said we ought to write a book and I told her we'd probably have to edit too much of it out, but no, but that's, that's, you know, uh, that this is a book you know i can this is a book this is a book and yeah. it's it's kind of fun because the whole sport of rodeo is starting to change a little bit and i'm not saying it's changing for the worse but yeah. Yeah. the guys that started this and, yeah. and you know and got us guys going and everything it's uh it's it's evolved quite a yeah. bit you yeah. know and it's like every other professional sport you yeah. know baseball you watch some of the some of the old baseball, they did it for the love of the sport. For sure. You know, for they sure. weren't making a fortune, you right, know. Right, and, right, uh, So that, I kind of 
I kind of think rodeo's headed in the same direction. Yeah. So the episode when we post up that's going to follow this is going to be how to describe this afternoon's recording. How, how do you describe the group that you've put together? This group of guys here are started out as my mentors, my heroes, um, guys that kind of showed me the ropes a little bit to get started. Okay. You know, and then turned me loose, you know, wound me up and kicked me in the rear end and told me to get out of here and go. Yeah. yeah. So that was the, that was the guys that, uh, you know, and there's some of them here that I really wish were here Yeah, yeah. that, that, that couldn't make it, but, yep. uh, yep. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna have a good session. Absolutely. So BTC on the road and I got a feeling I'm going to be back, Mike, we're going to do more recording here. You're going to, you're going to gather up all these folks and we're going to have a lot of fun. So to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode of BTC with Mike Swearingen. And if you do, please share it with your friends. To make your listening easier, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Search for Beyond the Shoots and follow us. Remember, check out the New York State Rodeo Museum Facebook group page and become a member. All kinds of great pictures and great stories and great memories up there. And all these episodes that we're recording up here with all these great rodeo cowboys and cowgirls that made New York Rodeo so famous, They these episodes will be up there on the New York State Rodeo Museum Facebook group page. So thank you to Parasite Systems for your support as you help me go down the road, as you help me come up here to the Rawhide Ranch, to our BTC recording studios in the north. And remember, with Parasite Systems, you can get your horse testing kits online at ParasiteSystems.com and remember to use our coupon BTC023 for 50% off your testing. This is Beyond the Shoots with Sorry. <laughs> Until next time, this is Doug Simcox. Thank you for listening.